The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast, episode number 32. My name is James Rea. My co-host, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group. Today we have a special guest, uh, Chad Hooker, who is the chairman of Pacific Coast Dream Machines, uh, a wonderful automotive and almost anything to do with an engine, uh, is uh, at the show 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on April 29th. So we want to welcome Chad to our show to talk about the 28th annual Pacific Coast Dream Machines. We experienced it for the first time last year, and, and uh, another friend and I and, and Bruce went down to the show, and we were just amazed at the coordination of all of the different things that you guys do there with, as I mentioned, anything that pretty much has an engine. So maybe a good launching question is, what does it take to coordinate something that's just not an automotive show? It's it's an all-encompassing show. How, how does it all come together like that? Well, like uh, any event that you can imagine putting together over many years, and this is our 28th year, it's, it's an ongoing uh, evolution of, of how to do it and how to get it right. But what has uh, made the huge difference here is that this show is put together by all volunteers. We've got a huge amount of local help. We've got some good sponsors and a, a crew of nearly 200 people who volunteer to give us a hand every year. We begin uh, having things about this this event uh, in about October and November, and uh, we work our way through how to, how to organize and structure every different part of the field. It just looks like and comes off as one big show, but the reality is there are a lot of uh, team leaders and crews doing a lot of different things, and we're trying to get it right. I really appreciate the compliment that you think it was well-organized because we worked very hard to do that. And and just to let uh, our listeners know, it's it's held in Half Moon Bay at the airport, which is a terrific place because you can have, uh, when you have airplanes coming overhead and you've got great areas for parking and for all the different people who want to bring in their cars, it's it's it just seems like it's a fantastic location to incorporate all these different parts of of, of dream machines. Well, yeah, it, it's an excellent spot for uh, Halfman Bay Airport is about four miles north of Halfman Bay on Highway One, so uh, many people come over ninety two and then take a right and head north on Highway One, and many other people come down through Pacific and through the tunnel on the Devil's Slide and uh, come in from the north end. It's it's an ideal venue for us because, as you say, it it's an active airfield, which gives us the aircraft component. But in addition to that, we have a great deal of space out there that's, uh, you know, taxiways and such that we can park the vehicles right off the edge of the pavement in the grass. It's not all dirt and dust. And uh, it's, just, it's just an excellent place for us to do this. Our, our biggest drawback there is, as anything else, the, the weather. If it rains and rains and rains, it's pretty tough to park in a field. But uh, we haven't had huge problems with that. And, and uh, you know, we, we have a great event each year. So um, to, for people to get there, 
uh, the, the event officially opens at 10 and closes at 4. Uh, people can come a bit earlier than that. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff to see. The smartest thing to do is stay to the end of the show. It's just a great show, and the later you stay, the easier it is to get out of the place. <laughs> yes. Chad, uh, one thing that you just mentioned was the uh, the field and the parking, and that's what we particularly liked was that it's a, it's a freshly mowed field. It's almost like a lawn out there, so there's no dirt and dust and rocks, and like you mentioned. We really enjoyed that, and we like the fact that there's, uh, I do, that, that there's an airplane component to it. So you get to see the warbirds out there. You get to see skydiving as well as uh, all kinds of tricked-out cars, muscle cars, old cars, barn finds. Uh, cars that don't even look like cars that got an engine in them. And I really uh, also like the fact that there's something for everybody and that, you know, it's almost like a, it's a concert venue out there with your live music and then it's almost like, like a food fair with really good food to eat. So uh, it's got it all. Regarding the cars, you're absolutely right. It's old to new cars. It's stock, stock and totally custom cars, hot rods, Corvettes, Mustangs. The whole gamut of the 50s Chevys with a jacked up small box in them. Uh, trucks, tricked out trucks, dragsters, old dragsters. Uh, the most imaginative and creative custom vehicles you've ever seen. And we got, we got about a thousand display vehicles. And then if you move to motorcycles, it's kind of the same series of descriptions. Old and new, you know, the 1916 Harley Davidson that looks like it ought to have a, a rabbit and a walking movie driving it. And then, uh, you know, the, the tricked out new Harleys that people have built. We've got steam and gas engines, and, uh, and I'm talking serious steam engines, great big yarders and, you know, big stuff, and also little tiny shop-built uh, gasoline motors from the late 1800s. The airplanes, the vintage police cars, military vehicles, drag boats, antique cars, it's, it's, it's all there. As far as the, the airfield end of it goes, We've got uh, P-51s and T-6 trainers, and those are there year after year, World War II yaks. And these, these planes do uh, flyovers during the day, and I'll describe that in a moment. This year we'll also have a, uh, a Polish Airwolf built in the 90s and a Russian Antonov AN-2, which is one of the world's largest biplanes. I could be mistaken about this, but I think it's that biplane that will be used for the skydiving. I was just going to say, with all this stuff uh, that you're going through, what, what I forgot to mention is that it's it's probably the most affordable um, show of this type I've ever been to, where uh, it's $25 in advance, I believe, and $30 um, at the gate, if you will. And that's that's uh-huh. just an, that's just an incredible deal for for a, a six-hour a six family uh, outing, plus... Uh, the concessions and plus the music. So, um, without being too gushing here, it's it's a great bargain. Besides, you know, seeing these great things, it's you just I just couldn't get over how inexpensive it is. Well, that, that's true, and the and the gate admission does include the parking as well. That's right. An extra fee for parking. Um, this year, you'll be able to take aircraft rides. Uh, here's a rare one: a yes. DC three ride. You can take a ride in DC three, a helicopter ride. There's a biplane there that's, that's uh, selling rides, and then uh, for the kids, there's a monster truck. This thing's jacked up on six or seven foot tires and races around in circles in the dirt. The kids seem to have a great deal of fun with that. There are other attractions for kids as well: a zip line and a climbing wall, and water balls, and it's it's a, a real family event. So there's a lot of fun there, and then. 
kids love watching the what I refer to as the flying motorcycles. They're these these uh, dirt bike guys that run up these ramps and do aerobatics. That, that was one of my favorites. That stunt, sh- the motorcycle stunt show, freestyle. I, I like that watching that stuff. Hey, Chad, I, um, you've been involved in the show for a long time. Can you give us a little background about yourself? And and um, do you own some automobiles? And and how has the change since you've been involved in the show? How how, how has it changed? Has have the spectators' interest changed over the years? So cover a few bases there about your background and and how the show has advanced through the years. Well, there was a guy here on the coast who's uh, recently moved uh, back, what's back home to him after 45 years here, and that's Northern Oregon. His name was Bob Sands. Yes. Bob was Mr. Mr. Community around here, and he did a a great many things. Uh, My involvement with the show began because I've been uh, many years on the board of directors of the Coastside Adult Day Health Center. Yes. We we were looking for a way to put together a, a good fundraiser for that center, and Bob had this idea about the dream machines. And of course, as he explained the idea to us, we all began looking at him like he was three quarters crazy because the thing is, is so different. It's such a, such a unique event. Just trying to describe it before it ever happened sounded like, you know, maybe I was there. <laughs> anyway, yes. Bob put this event together and uh, we all stepped up to help him. By we all, I mean a lot of locals who've known Bob and those of us on the Adult Day Health Center board and Bob ran it single-handedly for three or four years and, and uh, then began accepting more and more help and volunteer help. And, uh, you know, my, my participation in it, it's not about me. It's about the event. And it, I just, I, I work my way through one, one process and another. There is different levels of uh, field chief. And I managed the spectator parking for about 10 years. And now I just happen to be, at least at this point in time, the chairman of the event. That's been going on for about 10 years. My participation is largely to organize all our crew chiefs, coordinate the event, and uh, and, uh, work with uh, Tim Beeman at Miramar Events, who does our promotions, to try to get uh, the public to understand when and where we are and that they ought to come to this because it's an absolute blast. I did want to mention that uh, during the day, there will be a flyover, uh, at least one, of a military formation aircraft. These things are World War II fighters and trainers. Uh, the flyover at 11 o'clock will be in honor of Eddie Andrini Sr., who was a world-class stunt pilot who worked here on the coast, built a business and family here on the coast, and uh, flew out of Hafen Bay Airport for many years. <clears throat> He's our local hero, and he's a huge supporter of Dream Machines. He was killed in a plane crash a few years ago, and we all miss Ed immeasurably. So there will be this honorary flyover uh, for Ed at 11. And I'll tell you, when these these World War II vintage crap come pouring over in formation, the little hairs in the back of your neck stand right up. These things are really very cool. That'll be, that will and, be cool. Uh, That'll be something to see. I also read, I, I had a chance to speak with Bob, going back to Bob Sens a little bit. I, I had a chance to interview him last year when I wrote a story about uh, the event. And um, then I read some of the public relations material that, that Tim had passed along. That, that it, I, I believe a few times during the day that all of the vehicles um, that are there are going to turn on their engines and kind of salute him, if, if you will, a few times during the day. Is that that's accurate? That's exactly, that's exactly right. That's called a cackle fest. And the cackle fest will be, there'll be one at 10, one at noon, and one at two. 
And, you know, it's pretty cool to look at a 49 wheelies that's got a 1,500 horsepower blown hemi stuff in it, but there's nothing like hearing it run. Yes. So people, people fire these things up, and they're, they're, they're pretty cool. There's a drag boat that's shown up there for several years, and this guy's got a several thousand horsepower blown hemi in that thing. And uh, he manages to stick the water intake into one of those homer buckets and suck a little water into the motor and start it up. And I'm telling you, that thing puts out a howl. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it, any one of these things, you, you watch it, you watch it, you listen to it run, and you, you look at it a little bit, and you realize how much fun it would be to watch it just take off. Of course, a piece of the airfield is the old Half Moon Bay drag strip, which was a world-class drag strip up into the 60s. Being so close to sea level with the denser air, there's some world records sent there. Garlets used to run there, prove home. So it's, there's a lot of history on this old airfield. I'm old enough to remember that um, in Sacramento, we have Sacramento Raceway, and when I was a very uh, young reporter, they, they sent me out a couple of times to, to interview um, uh, John Force and Big Daddy Don Garlitz and, and Cha Cha Muldowney. So, I go back. A few, I go back, and I don't know much about it. But those guys were and, and women were really fascinating to interview, um, partic- particularly when you're so young and and they light those things up. It was just it was mind boggling. Yeah, looking at a bunch of metal sitting in a pile looks like one thing, but you know, it's a big engine. But then you start that baby up, and it's a different deal. They really are fun. Same with the same with the motorcycles. You know, you get guys build some incredible motorcycles, and you hear those things run too. Yeah, I, speaking of motorcycles, there's something else that we have on our on our venue every year. This is the unimotorcycle racing. If you can imagine racing a motorcycle, it only has one wheel. No, these bikes no, not really. <laughs> skis on the front, and the race is only a hundred feet long. But you know, the guy nails the throttle, and those skis come off the ground, and it's who can who can cover a hundred feet the fastest without touching down. And there's something to watch. They're they're pretty wild. So there'll be motor, you and a motorcycle uh, drags in the early afternoon. I heard about those, uh, Chad. I also saw the, a picture of one, pretty crazy-looking vehicles. Um, I also just wanted to mention what I liked about your show, and you've been talking about it, um, is that the owners are typically there with their cars, and you can talk to everybody. You know, you see something unique or what have you, you can ask questions, which is kind of nice at your show. Absolutely. It's it's really neat that the owners are right there because there's there's so much kind of general motorhead interest, you know, when people walk up and go, hey, how did you do that? And there's nothing the guy would rather do than explain it because he's the one who did it. Sure. And, and there's and, so much of that. Right, and uh, yeah, if you if you want to touch or some guys let you get in the car, we've had pic- we were able to get pictures of ourselves in cars. It's it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah, do you guys have some unwritten rule or maybe even a written rule that with all the people who are there and the volunteers and the staff, have you ever come across a car you said and maybe you told your son or your wife or a friend, I've got to have that one, or do you guys have a rule that if you're on the border or a volunteer, you can't buy one? No, we don't have any such rule, but it's <laughs> not as though the cars that are there would, be, would all be available or, or you know, affordable either. Yes. But, I, you know, I think that it's like anything else. You look at something that you just can't live without and start figuring it out. You know, everybody has a dream machine and heart of one kind or another, and that's the thing about this show is, People just love to see this stuff, and, and in short, you know, if, if you've got something cool, bring it to our show. And if you want to see some cool stuff, 
Come and check it out. Yes. Speaking of checking it out, mm -hmm. we've got a good website. Yes, I, we're, we're on it. There's a great deal of information on the website. It's the Pacific Coast Green Machines website, and you'll see a sub-address there of Miramar Events, and that's the one to go to. Uh, you can get spectator tickets there or and or uh, display vehicle pre-registration by going to the registra registration button there on our website, and that'll steer you to Eventbrite, and we sell uh, tickets and organized registration we, sorry, go ahead. we saw the registration, and yeah, it looked like pretty cheap, too. So, I mean, you could bring a, your Edsel there if you wanted to or anything. Yeah, and we, we, we have a group of Edsels every year, you know, Corvette clubs and Mustang clubs. And we've got a, there's a group that, that's organized around collecting vintage police cars. And these guys meet at the El Granada School, which is about a mile or a mile and a half from our event. And about 9 o'clock in the morning, they fire up lights and sirens and drive from the El Granada School all the way through Princeton and into the airfield from the south end. And it's great to see these old Fords look like, you know, Broderick Crawford ought to be driving. And <laughs> these grinding, grinding yes. old sirens mounted on the front fenders. There's really some very cool stuff there. We um, did, we did see that. <laughs> Chad, if you're making yeah, references to if you're making references to Bradford uh, Crawford, you're showing you're telling us your age because I know who that is, and I'm 63, but I'm, I'm sure anybody under 40 has no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of like watching the old Dragnet movies or something. Yeah, I'm old as dirt, seem to be old as stone. There's no question about that. That's but right. you know, we're we're carrying on there and having a great event. So I, I do hope people will show up for this. Going back, back to this website, there's, there's a great deal of information there. So if there's things that we haven't covered in this interview that you're wondering about the dream machines, there's information there uh, on the website uh, about exhibits and uh, activities and schedule events. There's a mobile app you can put on your phone and a lot of information there. Yes. And that's specifically the, the thing I like, though, there's several things I like about the website. Number one, I've gotten to know Tim a little bit. And um, I know he has a journalistic background, so it's, it's a very straightforward uh, website with, you know, it's done almost in a, a repertorial style, so you can, you can get through it. It's very succinct, and everything's right in front of you, and, and we're looking through it now, and, and we would be uh, remiss without mentioning the beneficiary. So tell us a little bit more about um, the, the money that goes to the charity and, and what that's all about for the Half Moon Bay community. Well, the Coastside Adult Day Health Center is the sole beneficiary of this event, and it's the Coastside Adult Day Health Center board that manages the money. Uh, yes. There are, there are many seniors in our community uh, who uh, have helped to build this community in this town, make the coast what it is now, and now some of them are older and they need some help and some support. And this is uh, Adult Day Health is very much what you would picture uh, daycare being. Yes. Uh, the Adult Day Health Center has uh, transit buses, and we pick people up, bring them to the center. There is uh, a nursing staff and physical therapy there, and uh, hot lunch and all sorts of activities that people do. There's a memory unit. This is to help people stay independent and in their own homes as long as feasible here on the coast. And uh, the Delta Health Center has been around for nearly 40 years now here on the coast. And uh, this event in its 28th year is for the sole purpose of raising money for that. 
And it's been great. The community comes to this thing. People come from all over in California. People coming from out of state and down in Arizona. You know, it's it's just great. And people come and spend money and have a wonderful day. And that's that's uh, where the money goes. I don't think it gets much better than that. I don't think uh, yeah. having having uh, being in my sixties and and knowing friends who either have elderly parents or who've had parents who have passed um, that, that touches home. So that's that's about the best cause I can think uh, of, of raising money for people who have, like you said, have helped the community and now they need maybe a little assistance themselves. It's it's a great cause. So it's yeah. thanks thanks to you guys in advance for that. Indeed, a great cause. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about is that there's uh, music and food there. We've got a, an area right in the middle of the event, right in the middle of the car show portion of it, uh, where we've got a stage, and uh, starting at 10 in the morning, the Michael Ahern Band will be on. They're followed by a band called Extra Large, and then in the early afternoon, East Bay Mud comes on with that fabulous singer there, Fred Ross. Yes. And uh, all of that takes place in the food court, a bunch of bales of hay you can sit on there in front of the stage and eat food we've got lots of fabulous food and, and drink and uh, you know have a beer yeah, that's that's certainly part of it. I, we enjoyed that. One other thing, I, I looking toward the future. Um, do you guys think of like I don't know showcasing, uh, having a section on electric cars, electric race cars, autonomous cars? Have you thought of those? Well, one of the interesting things that Tim Beeman from Miramar Events has been able to put together is um, I think club sponsors so much. He, he does that as well, but. He, he chases things like that so that we can have special displays year after year. And, uh, you know, one year will be Ford with all their newest stuff out there about what their cars are doing. And uh, I can't speak to specifically the autonomous driving thing or electric cars for this year, but those are the kinds of uh, sort of sub-displays that we have put on there each year. And uh, we certainly will be putting all those things in place over the years. We try to rotate some different things through the show each year, and uh, that'll be part of it. Going back, I I know we did uh, enjoy the music last year. We sat on the bales of hay, as you mentioned, and um, if if everybody out there is trying to do their best with a diet, um, this is this is a rare treat to treat yourself because I think I had uh, some sort of a kielbasa with onions and, and green peppers and and maybe a Philly cheese steak sandwich. So it wasn't a diet day, and it, it was a it was a treat to have all that good um, comfort food. And they've got three or four or five vendors, maybe more. But it's all it's all stuff that you you know you treat yourself to every once in a while. Yeah, in fact, we've got about a dozen vendors, and you're Thank right. Thank you. It's a treat. Yeah. And you know what, this, this uh, last Sunday in April date isn't something that Bob Sims just selected out of midair. He paid a great deal of attention to many years of weather records and how it is here on the coast. And typically, we have beautiful sunny days. I mean, it's the coast, the breeze can be up, clouds can be in, so you bring a sweatshirt. But most days, people are walking around in their spring wear and having a, having a beautiful day, you know, looking for sunscreen. Yeah, sunscreen, yeah, um, bring a hat. Yeah, bring a hat in your sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard us. There's something else I wanted to mention. Please, because it's an active air, because it's an active airfield, uh, there there are flying logistics that pilots would need to know. Uh, these are all on the website for those visitors who are fortunate okay. to be visiting the event in their own aircraft. So the flying logistics are there as well. 
Yes. Uh, speaking of Bob again, I, I either uh, he mentioned this to me or he seemed to, I, I never met him, but he was very humble on the phone. But I did I hear the story correct about him that for years and maybe up until recent years, he would stand at the gate and, and shake hands with almost everybody who walked in the, the front entrance. Is that a true story? Uh, it's close. Yeah. He, um, he, he positioned himself so that the, the entrance lane where the display vehicles were coming in. That's it. Uh, right where those cars needed to slow down, make a right turn, and head to the display area for being parked by that staff. Uh, Bob would be there, and he would talk to each driver and thank them for bringing their machine, shake hands with the remarkable number of these people that he actually knew. That's great. You imagine trying to get a show like this off the ground from the get-go. Bob went out to car clubs and you know motorcycle racing shops and and uh, car shops, and just he just spent so much time going and finding all the motorheads in Northern California, the Steam and Gas Society, and the. Roots of Motive Power Up and Willits and just everybody. And Bob spent his time and effort and no small amount of money putting this whole thing together, just getting everybody to understand what it was going to be and to show up. And even the first year was a great event, but it has grown so much since then. Yes. And uh, yeah, Bob, Bob was right there talking to everybody, thanking everybody. And right up through last year, and now he's moved up to Oregon. He's not going to come and see the event this year, but I expect he'll be back next year. Gotcha. One of us will have to go get him. That's right. Drag him down here. I, ju I just thought of something. Last year, um, uh, we two of the vehicles had probably attracted... Uh, more attention than any of the others that were there. I don't even know how to describe them. They were both one-offs, and they had uh, aluminum, uh, silver aluminum bodies. Hand-pounded bodies. Hand-pounded bodies. and V12s. V12 engines, and, and the, the guy was there who, who made them, and maybe you could provide some more details if I'm describing it, and Bruce is describing it with any kind of accuracy, and what those really unusual, uh, they almost looked like they belonged in... Um, uh, some of the Mel Gibson uh, movies, you know, that were popular ten or fifteen years ago. Um, you, do you know the uh, ones? You know the ones I'm speaking of. Well, I saw a couple of vehicles there last year that that met the description you're giving, and I I don't know who built those specifically. I can tell you that these were very large vehicles. Yes, right. yes, right? truck chassis, yes. truck chassis. Yes, huge. I mean, yeah, built around it. You know, the idea of a of an old. Jag Roadster or something like that, but you know, 26 feet long with a V10 engine or something. Yes. There's a there's a, uh, a an outfit called the Blastoline Brothers, and they build great big rigs, and they'll they, they'll build a car that looks like a uh, an open Roadster, but it's huge, and it'll have a 1952 fire engine motor in it. And yes. then they'll build a truck that's all jacked up and has a burl walnut dashboard in it and a 12-cylinder motor in it. I mean, they just, they build these outrageous large cars. They've sold more than one of their custom-made vehicles to Jay Leno, I believe. There you go. And uh, whether the Blastoline brothers had anything to do with the aluminum body cars you're talking about or not, I do not know. But yes. I can tell you that cars like that show up every year when you haven't never seen them before, and suddenly you just, you know, you, you come around the bend and there's something sitting in front of you, and you go, where on earth did that come from? <laughs> it is so cool. Yeah, and, and, that, and that just happens over and over and over again. You know, yeah. the, the 51 Merc that rides two and a half inches off the ground and has a 
copper paint job on it, and as you walk to the other end of the car, it turns green because of the way the paint is done. Fantastic. You open the trunk, and there's an aquarium in it with fish in the aquarium. I mean, it's just, you wonder what these guys are doing, and it's just remarkable work. It really is something to see. I, I just went to the Blasoline uh, website, and uh, they're using, for one of the cars, the examples, they're using the 1950s patent tank uh, V12 motor for their, uh, where they turn into turn it into a car. Chad, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, um, while we're talking about the different people who bring their cars in, have you noticed by chance if, if there are uh, more women car owners who have been part of the show in recent years? If, uh, and, and are there some uh, women who come from different parts of the country and, and bring in, you know, some unique vehicles? Or have you found out, have discovered through the years that it's primarily men who own these vehicles? I'd have to say that I don't know because I don't work that front gate where people are actually coming in. I don't see who's driving them. Yes. And by the time I have any opportunity to walk around the field at all, the display vehicles are parked and the owners, men or women, are sort of, you know, camp next to them in their chairs and talking to people about what's going on. And I, I guess I can't answer that question with any accuracy at all. Like everything else in our society, I wouldn't be the least surprised to find that there are a great deal, a great many more women doing these things than used to be, but I don't know. Yes. Well, um, Chad, we, we want to thank you for being our guest today. We want to go over a couple of things just once again. It's uh, Pacific Coast Dream Machines. It's April 29th. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Half Moon Bay Airport. Um, we can't stress enough how easy it is to get in there when you park and uh, how convenient everything is to walk around with a lot of space. You know, sometimes you go to shows and it's very crowded. We went, um, Bruce and I went to a consumer electronics show, for example, an indoor facility where, you know, you, you just had difficulty getting around. But this is a lot of space. The, the, the vibe, if you will, of the show is fantastic. All the owners want to talk to people, and like you said earlier, if you ask somebody about a car that's their passion, you're going to get a pretty passionate answer and response, so uh, that's the big a big plus for the show, plus all these other things that are there with flyovers from planes and steam engines and motorcycles and stunt jumpers. It's, it's like a, a sensory overload of all things with engines, so thank you again to, to, to Chad Hooker, the chairman of Pacific Coast Dream Machines. Um, thank you for being our guest this morning. We really appreciate it. Gentlemen, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about the show. And uh, to the public out there, we'd say please come to our show. It's a blast. It oh, is. It really is. It is. Thank you again. Have a great rest of the day. And, and we look forward to shaking hands in a, in a few weeks. Thanks, gentlemen. Please look me up at the show. We will sure will. Thank you again. Bye-bye now. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3.